0: Welcome to the Senior Living 411 series. The information shared in this show is for general informational purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. to the Senior Living 411 series. For the month of November, we've been covering a variety of topics relating to fall prevention. If you have not taken action on any of these recommendations that I've made thus far, I urge you to take action after tonight's show. Personal emergency response systems save lives and provide the safety, security, independence, and longevity, we all want for ourselves, our family, and our friends. If you know an older adult who's living at home alone or an older couple that is living alone, tonight's show is for you. Tonight, I have a special guest with me, Ms. Stephanie Santos Spraggett. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Desiree. All right, and prior to joining Phillips Lifeline as a Lifeline community representative, Stephanie worked in social services, supporting and caring for individuals, mainly seniors, with developmental disabilities and mental health issues. She has also volunteered with various organizations, including the March of Dimes and various youth sport teams. In the spring, Stephanie created a volunteer-based group called Sewing PPE Task Force. Wow, what an initiative! With one goal in mind, to sew and provide PPE for healthcare workers in the communities of Peel and Halton. Stephanie has always gravitated towards careers and volunteer work that have allowed her to help others to live better lives. Once again, Stephanie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks again, Desiree.
0: All right, and my name is Desiree King. I'm a senior home safety advisor here in Ontario. For those of you who haven't joined any of our shows, I'm gonna tell you a bit about myself. Let me share my story the first question I'm often asked when I deliver seminars such as this to seniors groups or different groups like that I'm asked what do you know about aging or you're so young or why do you care and my passion my response is that it's my passion now I'm going to date myself here so promise not to calculate my age but when I was 14 I volunteered as a candy striper and I'm sure those of you who remember candy stripers we wore that red and white outfit and we went around hospitals serving people. In my case, I worked in the geriatric ward, helped delivering books to seniors. And I had so many great conversations in doing this. And I really think that was the beginning of me finding my passion in serving seniors. I then went on to work as a dietary aide in the geriatric ward of a hospital throughout my high school years. And since then I have worked in or owned several senior related businesses. Most recently, I was a realtor for the past six years who specialized in working with a 55 plus demographic. And I've taken a slew of courses in aging in place, downsizing, retirement living options, and dementia care. I've also worked as a client care coordinator for one of the leading home healthcare companies in North America. Now I must admit that during my time spent as a realtor, I've always felt a pull towards the educating and serving side of the business more so than the transactional real estate side. So at the beginning of 2020, I knew that something in my life was about to change. I knew that my calling was greater than my career. Little did I know that we would hit a a pandemic called coronavirus and really no one knew that. So over the past seven months, coronavirus has killed roughly 9,822 Canadians. 81% of these deaths are linked to long-term care homes. Now health officials have cited the need for rigorous visitor and resident care protocols and precautions in these facilities, but the solution is also in our hands. We as a people, as the future elderly population of this country have to make some decisions as well. I firmly believe that we as Canadians need to change our thinking and method of caring for the elderly. And one possible solution is that we honor the wishes of our elderly members of society and better equip them to stay at home by doing what places like Scotland has done and pouring money into home modifications and home healthcare, as opposed to hospital funding. Over the past two months, as I sat at home, you know, listening to the news and watching the number of deaths occur with our seniors, I realized that I wanted to do more than I was already doing. I realized that being a realtor did not align with my desire to have a greater impact on the lives of seniors. There's an ancient Greek physician named Hippocrates and he once said drastic times call for drastic measures. My drastic measure took the form of me officially resigning from real estate and turning my attention to my one thing which is senior home safety. While many seniors wanna stay at home safely, the fact of the matter is their homes are not equipped to do so and the statistics I'm about to share with you are gonna show you how. In preparation for what I see will be a shift In the mindset of seniors, their adult children, and society on the whole, my main objective is to assist families in figuring out what is wrong in the homes of themselves or their loved ones and what needs to be addressed in order to allow our seniors to be safe in their homes. My vision remains steadfast to educate, equip, ensure, empower, and elevate seniors and their families throughout the aging in place process arming you with top-notch information and access to other like-minded qualified providers. You may be wondering why is fall prevention so important? Why is there a whole entire month dedicated to fall and prevention? I'm gonna share with you four reasons tonight. The first reason is falls are common. Falls are the leading cause of fatal and non-fatal injuries for older adults. As a matter of fact, one in four older adults falls each year and every 11 seconds an older adult is treated in the emergency room for a fall every 19 minutes an older adult dies from a fall this call is going to be about this interview is going to be about 40 minutes and in that time two older adults will have passed away from a fall the second reason is falls can cause serious injury falls result in injuries such as hip fractures broken bones and head injuries In fact, more than 2.8 million older adults are treated in in emergency departments annually because of a fall, resulting in over 800,000 hospitalizations. The third reason is falls are costly. The average hospital cost for a fall injury is over $30,000. Falls with or without injury carry a heavy burden on the quality of life. And after a fall, many older adults develop a fear of falling. And as a result, they limit their activities and social engagements, which is a a step backwards. Fear of falling can result in further physical decline, depression, social isolation, and feelings of helplessness. The last reason is that falls impact caregivers too. Research has shown that after a care recipient's first fall, caregivers report a significant increase in caregiver burden fear of falling and depression. Research has also shown that the toll on the family caregiver's health appears to increase over time. If you can prevent a fall, whether it is you as the caregiver or the person you're caring for, you can save time, stress, and money. No one wants to fall. No one plans to fall. But the fact is falls happen. One of the first steps in fall prevention is to have a plan, and this plan should include how you will get the help you need should a fall happen. This is where Stephanie is going to help us out tonight. Stephanie, tell me your story. What led you to your career in assisting families to decide on the right personal response system for themselves or their loved ones?
1: Well, thanks Desiree. Well, at this point in uh, the stage of my career, working in the PERS industry allows me to do the two things that I love the most. Um, helping seniors to live more independently and safely at home. And then also working closely with healthcare and community professionals and also caregivers to support their patients, clients and their loved ones who are in need of assistance to continue living at home because they're either at risk for falls um, or they're managing a chronic health condition or even if they're just living alone.
0: Okay, that, that's, you know, that's amazing. And I know you, you've shown your passion in a lot of your volunteer work and stuff. So it's something that definitely aligns with, with everything that you've done thus far. Um, so just basic question, what are personal emergency response systems used for?
1: Okay, so we're gonna refer to it as PERS as well, personal emergency response systems, but they can also be referred to as a medical alert service, okay? And uh, PERS are designed to provide individuals access to help at the push of a button 24 uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 24 seven. Typically those uh, who are at risk for falls or managing health health conditions, uh, again, or those living alone, benefit the most from this type of service mm-hmm. and studies have actually shown that the quicker that you get up from uh, from help uh sorry the quicker that you get help after a fall or during a medical crisis the better the outcome will be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely
0: so what if you have someone who has fallen and not able to push this button or activate it can they but would, would a person still would having one of these devices still be beneficial to them
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, there are different types of per services. Okay. And I can explain the three types of per services that are available. Um, The first one, okay, would be um, a help button um, where you um, it's primarily used in the home and it works with a base unit. Okay. So in the event of a fall or a medical emergency, you would press the button and um, to to access help. And what happens is the base unit dials a monitoring center where a representative will access your file, and then it will call the most appropriate number for help. And usually this number is um, a a neighbor or family member or emergency services. Okay, and uh, this type of service works with a landline. or a third party cellular provider if you don't have a landline. The second type is a help button that actually has a fall detection technology built into it. So it will detect a fall and it will automatically call the monitoring center without you having to to push the button.
0: Right.
1: And um, and then the third service that most PERS providers uh, provide um, is a mobile button and that can be worn um, and used inside as well as outside. So for example, um, it can be worn if you were to go grocery shopping or go for a walk. And this type of service is primarily geared towards more active individuals. Um, and these models typically work anywhere where there is third-party cellular connection. Okay, so it works off of the cellular channels then? Yes. That's amazing,
0: I, I didn't know that. that.
1: That's really good. Um, Just
0: skilling back. So if someone does not have a landline, but they have voice over IP, I know when I, I used to have Vonage, for example, and even for 911, you have to program in the right address. So 911 knows where to go. Would the system work with that or is it a similar kind of connection with that?
1: Um, I, I don't know the exact answer to that. Um, and it really just depends on the provider. But um, I know that most providers, um, when, they do, when they install the service, they're going to take um, uh, a type of care plan and so when that care plan is taken they're going to ask you various questions like your name your address uh your phone number obviously your medical conditions um and what type of uh contacts the responders that you want the the, the numbers that you want to uh, to be called in event of an emergency mm-hmm. and so when the button is pressed um it uh, dials into the response center and the representative will actually be able to access your file. So they'll be able to call for help.
0: Great. So that's good. So they actually have a history. So I guess it's kind of like an assessment you do coming into it that you know the person's background and you're able to speak for them or on behalf of them until, you know, until help arrives or their family members arrive as well. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And as well as calling 911, is there also, I'm not sure if you mentioned the calling sequence for family members. So if suppose one person is not reached, can you have more
1: than one person where it bounces or simultaneously calling? Absolutely. Typically, um, they're going to take down in that care plan, at least two to three contacts, as -hmm. well as emergency services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
0: another thing I know is that like, just working in home care for the time that I did, I know Alzheimer's and dementia is so like, it's, it's, it's almost like its own pandemic in society right now. The only um, person you speak to is early onset dementia or some form of Alzheimer's. Uh, so the one that you have that works off the cell towers, I'm guessing that would be great for somebody who has um, escape, seeking, escape seeking or wandering abilities to, to locate them.
1: Yes, um, there are a variety of PERS services out there which are geared towards people with Alzheimer's or dementia, Uh, but just keep in mind that they're typically designed for early stages of these diseases, okay? And all of these services are slightly different, um, but basically what they do is they'll notify the caregiver when their loved one leaves the house or the parameter, for example, the two-block radius um, of their home. and then often they have trackers so that the caregiver can check on a map to see where their loved one is located and most of the time um, the notification will be sent to the caregiver's uh, smartphone and they'll be able to click the link to see where exactly they're located
0: that is so awesome because so I have spoken to families where, you know, they're worried because their mother or father does wander and they're wondering, how can I find this person? So that's definitely a benefit to anybody who has anybody that they think may be losing their mind a bit or whatever it may be. That's definitely a benefit to that. Um, what happens if my loved one is in the home and they're too far away from the base and can't hear the call center responding? what happens then? Is it automatically trigger a 911? Like what triggers the level of escalation in the call? I guess is my question.
1: Um, Well, it uh, really just depends on the type of service again. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would say is, Again, going back to the care plan. So most PERS providers will take down personal information to ensure that you get the type of help that you need for any type of situation. So again, they will collect your address, telephone number, any medical conditions that you have along with two to three numbers of neighbors or loved ones. who can help as well as emergency services. Um, If you or your loved one can't speak when you push the button or you're too far away from the base unit, they will refer to the information in your file to get you help quickly and the appropriate type of help. And how? I know
0: there's the the pendant and there's a bracelet. Mm -hmm. Are there any other types outside of that?
1: most most of them are either a wristband or uh, a pendant form that you wear around your neck. Those are typically the two that are offered with PERS. Okay, How heavy are they? Um, they're actually not very heavy at all. Uh, typically, they are about an ounce. Um, but you know, for example, the mobile uh, uh, button. Because it has more components, it will usually be slightly uh, slightly heavier, but not very, uh, very not, not very much heavier. So they are very lightweight. Okay.
0: How do you determine? How do you determine what's better for your loved one, the the bracelet or the pendant, or is it just personal choice?
1: Well, it really just depends on your preference, personal choice, like you said. And you're going to want to choose a button that um, you're going to be comfortable with and that you want to wear, so that you know you can have it when. Uh, when you need help, um, because remember you're going to be wearing this 24 hours a day so that's really important your comfort level. Mm-hmm. But one consideration though is if you're choosing a button that has fall detection in it. Um, I would suggest uh, choosing a pendant with um, fall detector so the pendant form because they're actually more accurate with the um, fall detection technology. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. And uh, I guess, do they use batteries
1: or what powers these things? Uh, Typically, it would be batteries. I believe most PERS services um, are battery operated.
0: Okay, And are they standard batteries, watch batteries,
1: special batteries? Um, I'm not sure I, I guess I, again it would have to really depend on on yeah. the service that you get on on the provider as well okay. um, but I can look into that for you and, to, and see if there is you know a type of battery that most services use Yeah. the ten years um well again it really just depends (laughs) um on the type of per service again i keep saying that i feel like i'm repeating myself um if it's a standard service um where you just uh, press the button, they can usually uh, last up to about 18 months before a battery change is needed. Um, if it's a mobile model that works inside and outside of the home, then um, these typically have rechargeable batteries that can last anywhere from two to seven days.
0: Okay. Is it kind of like your cell phone, how the you can plug it in at night and it recharges or no? It's just a battery that you can't plug in and charge it up with?
1: Um, I, I don't know about the others. uh, But I know one specifically, it will, it will cradle. So like they have a cradle, and you can put it in, and you can charge it actually while you're sat down and watching television. So but again, it really does vary among the, the service providers.
0: And What about waterproof? I know like one of the most common places someone could possibly slip and fall would be in the shower. Can you wear it in the shower?
1: That's a great question. Um, most buttons out there are um, at least water resistant, and then there will be some that are waterproof. So you, that's a really good question to ask when you're shopping around and doing your, your research. Um, you're gonna wanna ask if um, the button is uh, water resistant or waterproof.
0: Mm-hmm. And are there any cons to having one of these devices? I don't see any. So this is just a question, me being an advocate, a devil's advocate, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah.
1: <laughs> is there any yeah. cons to this? <laughs> um, I can't really think of any cons. Um, you know, if someone's at risk of a fall, you know, managing a chronic health condition or again, living alone, I don't really see any cons. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of pros, a good per service helps you to live more independently and safely knowing that you can get help at the push of a button 24 mm-hmm. um, 7. You know it also provides your loved ones with peace of mind knowing that you have access to help when you need it mm-hmm. and for some a purse service is actually a cheaper alternative to a nursing home or a care facility so uh, definitely lots of pros and I can't think of any cons so. I can't think
0: of any either I just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah.
1: Um, so if we have somebody
0: who is an active senior, and we've now gotten mom's day to agree to get one of these devices. It never goes off. Do we need to test it every so often to make sure it's working?
1: <laughs> You're absolutely going to want to test your button, and I would recommend every single month. So even if the system that you have has built-in testing, it's always good to do a monthly test call. Um, it helps you even you know, feel more comfortable when you're using the button and to become familiar with how it works in case you have an emergency. So um, just to let them know that you're testing and everything is okay. Right. Um, but definitely, again, when you're shopping around, that's something that you're gonna wanna ask. Um, whether or not, um, you know, monthly testing is, is asked of you. Okay. And uh, does OHIP cover the cost of PERS? Do you know that if it's covered by our Ontario health plan or? Um, OHIP does not cover um, uh, PERS. Um, Some private insurance companies Mm -hmm. do. And that you you know they'll either cover um, some or all of the cost. Um, it really just depends on the insurance provider, and also some third-party payers like Veterans Affairs Canada. Uh, they may cover the cost depending on your eligibility. Um, it's always good to just check with your insurance provider or um, a third-party payer. And um, this type of information um can normally be found on the insurance provider's website okay um even if they don't cover the entire cost though they may have a partnership with a PERS provider and so there may be a discount like a free month or a free installation so just um you know do your homework go on the website and and that information should be there Um,
0: I I know we were talking before we got on the call, and I told you I, I volunteer with a nonprofit organization for seniors who are uh, not able to, to afford things for themselves. One of the things we have is something called the Buy Some Time program, where we ask for donations towards if they need health care, people can contribute to that and then they can then get the care they need. For something like this, are there any programs for nonprofits or for people who are Uh, more not able to afford this type of device are there any programs that you know offhand this is just a random question to assist people who need it but financially it doesn't um add up for them
1: um i don't know of any programs specifically um there may there are some uh, PERS providers that um, may have their own uh, maybe subsidy program or they offer promotions. So the best thing to do is when you are doing your homework and, and calling around and trying to find out what you know the best service provider is for you. Um, the best thing to do would be to, uh, to speak to them and ask if there are any um, subsidy programs um, they may also have partnerships with uh, hospitals or, um, you know, some home care agencies as well, that uh, may be able to discount the monthly price.
0: What is the average price per month or do you buy it? Do you, can you buy it up front? Is there an option to buy it up front? Or is it all monthly? I, I mean, I know you with, with one particular organization, but generally speaking, how does the pricing work?
1: Okay, so uh, typically when you're shopping around, um, you can find two types of services. So um, there are those where you can actually purchase the equipment outright and pay a monthly monitoring fee, or there are those that you pay a monthly fee that includes the cost of um, renting the equipment and also the monthly monitoring fee. And uh, you subscribe to the service for as long as you need it. The average price usually depends on the type of service that you need. So a basic service usually starts at $30 and up. Um, A button with fall detection technology, um, it's usually around $40 and uh, and up a month. And then um, a mobile button is going to run you a higher monthly fee. And those usually start around $50 per month. Okay. So it's
0: not that expensive, really. That's, that's, pretty affordable, I think, for the value that you're getting compared to falling and needing added care. So definitely um, uh, worth the cost. Question that just came to mind. Uh, so I know in, in home health care, if someone is receiving government services from the CCAC, aka LIN, uh, HST is, is waived because they're getting that service. Does that kind of thing apply to PERS as well or does HST go on top of that monthly price?
1: I can't speak for all... Uh, Per's providers, but no, I think uh, HST um, is added on to the monthly fee.
0: Are there any hidden fees or costs uh, in in the contract, such as you know you've you've made it go off five times and that's it? You got to pay per use now each month, like kind of like a cell bill, <laughs> or no?
1: Um, no, you know, that's why shopping around is so important. So often a service, uh, for example, that's around $30 a month is not gonna be the same quality as a similar service price, slightly higher than that monthly fee. Um, so it's really important to ask about what's included in the monthly fee. So um, examples of questions to ask, um, you know, does the monthly fee cover ongoing service, maintenance, um, battery replacement, who is monitoring your alarms? Um, is it outsourced to a home monitoring company or is the monitoring done by the company itself? Um, another question that's good to ask is, can you push your button for reassurance or support and not just for emergencies? So again, when, you, when you're when you doing your shopping around, it's really important to gather some questions that you want to ask. And um, when you're speaking to each PERS provider, um, make sure you ask them those questions. Right,
0: right. I I'm guessing do these companies that like you know like your company or other companies do they kind of team up with like Bell Canada or someone like that for the best tower coverage or Telus or is it just any provider's towers it bounces off of
1: Um that is a question I'm I would have to get back to you because I'm not sure <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: Um, so as we know, one of the things that older adults hold on to and rightfully so is their independence. There's a fear of losing independence as you age. What advice would you give? And I can think of a couple people who are going through this right now, our listeners, if they're experiencing resistance from their loved ones in obtaining a purse. Okay.
1: It's actually a question that I get a lot. I speak to it. A ton of caregivers every single day. And that is a question that I get, you know, I'm, I'm getting some resistance from my parents, and I'm not really sure how to convince them that they need it. So, you know, it's really hard for parents to accept that they might need extra support. So I think there are different ways you can approach the conversation and really just depends on, you know, the dynamics of the relationship and, and everything like that. But, you know, something I would recommend is explaining that the service is not just for them but it's also for you, um, that a PERS service um, is going to bring you some much-needed peace of mind uh, because you can't be with them all the time and you would have greater comfort knowing that they can access help at the push of a button. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way to explain it to a loved one is likening PERS to insurance. So it's Mm -hmm. something that you don't necessarily have. Uh, Sorry, something you don't necessarily use, but when the time comes and you need it, you're going to be really glad that you have it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. another thing that I would recommend um, is you can also ask your loved one to try it out for a period of time to see how it goes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most companies don't actually have long term contracts, so they allow you to cancel at any time. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that you check the fine print first before you sign up to make sure that you understand their cancellation policy. Okay,
0: that is that is valid. I know even when I, I, I do counseling on people who are thinking about going into retirement living, um, there is an option to stay there, you know, even for respite care, say for a week or a month, or even volunteer there before you actually know if that's a good fit for you. So it's good to know that that is that could actually be an option. Uh, We do have a question, Uh, what if I'm traveling? Can I put my service on hold or can I add a travel service, like a roaming service, I guess, with it? They're asking, what are the options for if you're traveling with it? Will it work, say, if I have a PERS with the GPS and I go to the States off their towers or no?
1: Um, you know what? I can't answer that question for all PERS providers. So that is something that you it's a great question, by the way. And it's something you would ask before you sign up. That in this situation, what would happen?
0: No, that then that's yeah, that's a very good I never even thought about that. Excellent question. Excellent Excellent. question. Excellent Excellent question because we do have snowbirders, people like that. So definitely that would be a good question, like you said, to ask the individual provider i see another question coming in here what about rural services or cottage country service does it work
1: Um, like the like the basic service that you would use at home i i know typically with the uh you know the button that you use just at home it will just plug into a phone line like if you have a landline it will just plug into there so if you have um, a landline um, or a cell phone. We, there's also wireless options available as well. You can just um, use that. So there shouldn't be any issues in rural areas. So it has, nothing,
0: it has nothing to do with Wi-Fi at all. Nothing to do with Wi-Fi because I know a friend of mine lives, like has a cottage way up north. and we go up there, there is absolutely no Wi-Fi and if she wanted it, they will charge her like thousands of dollars to wire it up and all that stuff. So there's no Wi-Fi required for these devices.
1: Um, no, I, I I don't believe I I'm I can't speak to every single one again, um, but that's definitely a question. Another great question that you're going to want to ask when you're shopping around for your purse. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, w- so what what motivates you in this job? Like, what really motivates you to you know keep on educating people and keep on sharing? What What is your why?
1: Well, it really comes down to knowing that I'm doing something every day to help others. So um, I enjoy waking up you know, every morning knowing that I'm gonna make a difference for a senior, for a caregiver, for a healthcare professional. So um, those are probably, that's probably what really motivates me and also my children. They bring me great joy and they motivate, motivate me every single day, so.
0: I can, I can relate to that, um, definitely. Um, having a daughter who watches me you know they watch you closely so definitely you have to make sure that you're walking the walk that you talk for lack of a better word yes Uh, what's your favorite quote do you have a favorite quote Hmm.
1: well that's a good question you're giving me lots of good questions desiree and the audience too thank you very much um i have quite a few favorite quotes but i will say that you know just given the year 2020, <laughs> and all of its challenges. Um, I'm going to say uh, the quote that's my favorite right now is, in a world where you can be anything, be kind.
0: Well, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. That is uh, definitely not a, a more popular one that we hear, but definitely a relevant one, especially in the uncertain times that we're all trying to push our way through. So definitely, I I like that quote, definitely. Uh, Do we have any other questions from the audience? If we don't, I will move on. I don't see anything popping up here. All right, if I see anything else pop up, I will ask you as it comes up. I have another question for you. This is from myself. Uh, as we were in your in your bio, you mentioned um, this volunteer this this organization that you started. So, if someone wanted to volunteer their time or their talents with your sewing PPE task force, can they do so, and how would they do so?
1: Um, absolutely. Um, it's been we were really quite busy in the spring when you know we had the lockdown so um, you know most of the sewers have taken a break uh, from um, sewing the PPE because most healthcare uh, workers now have the required PPE so we really we really have been on pause but um, you never know it may start start up again I hope not because um, I want obviously I want healthcare workers to have the PPE that they need but um, they could just contact me, and um, I would be more than happy to um, to receive their their uh, their help, or even to guide them towards another organization that I may know that is continuing to work throughout That's the awesome. second wave. That's
0: awesome! We will share your information with 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 on on all the different platforms as well. Uh, My next, I mean, is there anything else that you would want to share with that? Oh, hold on. There's a question coming in. I think we answered this, but I will ask you this question again. We have a top fan, Antoinette Duncan, (laughs) are there one year or short term contracts? I think we touched on that, but can you just um, answer that question for us again?
1: Yes, so um, again it just depends on the PERS provider. You're going to want to ask that question. Uh, For sure that's an extremely important one. Most of them don't have long-term contracts though so you should be able to cancel at any time but again read the fine print to make sure that you understand the um, cancellation policy before you sign anything. Um, Is
0: there a, I know from this is going back to real estate like when you when you buy a a, a new home pre-construction there's a 10 day cooling off period. Is there a cooling off period where you say you get it and the the contract, but say 10 days or five days and you decide, no, you don't want it. Um, I guess that would go into the whole month to month or type of contract that you're in then,
1: right? Exactly, again, I can't speak to all uh, PERS providers but there usually should be some sort of um, grace period that that they give you to think about it and then if you're not wanting it anymore to be able to cancel it without uh without fee but again um that's another great question and it should be um asked when you're speaking to uh, purse providers
0: and another question just came in who is there an installation involved and if so who installs the system in the home
1: yeah, so um, there's there's going to be installation involved and it really just depends. Um, you know, sometimes equipment gets shipped to the person's home and then there is a self-installation process. Um, and then also there are representatives who go directly into the home and install the service. Um, during COVID though, during this whole COVID situation, um, most providers have been just providing um, installations um, with telephone-supported uh, assistance. Okay, so
0: it's simple
1: enough then that we can the phone. Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay. And uh, I had another question at the top of my head, but I forgot <laughs> My mind is just overflowing with questions <laughs> because it's great when you have a, a professional who can answer answer your questions. I will come back to it when I think of the question. Oh. My mother-in-law, um, she had one and at the time she didn't have a raised toilet seat. So wherever she sat down, <laughs> this thing was going off, notifying <laughs> notifying the um, the base. So is there a way to adjust the sensitivity based on someone's weight size that it won't go off over every little Thing and it'll adjust to their behavior, I guess, so to speak, or does it learn your behavior to know you kind of sit down heavier or you, you know,
1: that yeah. of- um, so that's a great question. And I hope I can, I can answer it. I, I'm not a tech person at all, but I, you know, I do know with a specific um, provider that there are smart sensors um, and uh, so it does actually get to know um, your behaviors, how you sit, how you stand. Um, there's different algorithms. Again, I'm not a tech person. I don't know how to completely explain it. But um, you know, again, when you're doing your shopping around and you're talking to the purse providers, please ask that. And you know, a good purse provider will be able to answer all of your questions.
0: Definitely. Another question coming in, are these custom made? Or are there ones that are custom made, I guess, to the individual or are they just standard out-the-box devices? That's a um, good question.
1: That, that's it. <laughs> everyone's asking such great questions. I'm just hope I'm doing a, a decent job answering them. You are. Um, you are. um, I don't know if there, I don't think there are custom made buttons, but I can't be 100% sure, so.
0: Well, technology is always evolving, so who knows what they'll come out with tomorrow or next year. But uh, right now, I've never heard of that either, a custom-made one. But that is definitely, I mean, are we saying custom as far as putting some bling on it or colors? <laughs> like, Are there are there color options? Can you bling it up if you want to or make it look more, you know, accessorized? Or is it just a standard, you know, standard color with your company per se? Do you have color options or string or necklace options, gold, silver? I don't know. Are there um,
1: options? I think there's just tip like there's just a one yeah. a one size fits all kind of thing. We do have either a pendant or a wristband, right. um. But I will say that um, if you are wanting the um the button with the fall detection technology, and that's going to be available in um in that one, and then also in the mobile button, right. um. Then it's gonna only it should only be available in a pendant form because I think I I, I spoke to this before yeah. the fall detection accuracy um, is better with with the pendant than it is with the wrist the wristband form
0: right right okay um, before I ask you if you have any closing words for us uh, as you all know I'm a I'm an advisor member of AIDS Safe Canada which is a division of Safe America. So I wanted to share an 18-hour horrific story that came from another advisor member. So there was an elderly lady who was carrying a laundry basket down to the basement, and she tripped and fell down the stairs. She fractured her femur in the fall. Now, to put things in perspective, your femur is your thigh bone. It's the longest and strongest bone in your body. And because the femur is so strong, it usually takes a lot of force to break it. Motor vehicle collisions, for example, are the number one cause of femur fractures. The femoral shaft runs from below the hip to where the bone begins to widen at the knee. So when I say this lady fractured her femur, you can imagine how hard the impact of the fall was. After falling, she tried to crawl to the phone to get help, but it was up on a counter in the basement. She tried and tried to pull herself up to reach the phone, but couldn't reach it and would crash back down onto the cement floor. She could hear the phone ring several times throughout the ordeal, and she couldn't reach it, get to it because it was out of reach. She laid on the basement floor with a fractured femur for almost 18 hours, unable to get help. Her daughter finally came to check on her because she wasn't able to get a hold of her. She found her mother barely alive, severely dehydrated, covered in bruises from head to toe. Many were caused by her falling over and over, trying to get to the foam. Soaked in urine and pressure sores had developed where she had lain for so long. This woman had to have surgery to repair her fractured femur. She was in the hospital for two weeks due to the extent of her dehydration and subsequent complications from that, as well as care for her skin wounds and surgical repair of her femur. Then she went to inpatient rehabilitation for four weeks to build her strength and mobility back up and to rehab her to be able to walk again. When she returned home, she became a client in home of home in home health care and they worked with her for three weeks at home. She was very fearful. Her daughter stayed with her for those three weeks. They had her get up with they had her get set up with a cell phone and a personal emergency response system, aka PERS that she wore around her neck. Now, unlike many others with this same story, she made a full but lengthy recovery. The point of the story is that personal emergency response systems save lives and provide the safety, security, independence, and longevity we all want for ourselves, our family, and our friends. Take advantage of our technology partnerships for personal emergency response systems. Simply email me at Desiree at living 411com and I will put you in contact with Stephanie or someone like Stephanie to receive everything, all the information that you need to get set up. Stephanie, before we move on, do you have any, let me see if there's any more questions first. No, do you have any closing words for our audience.
1: Well, firstly, I just wanted to thank you, uh, Desiree, for having me on here. It's it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed answering all the great questions that everyone's been asking. Um, I guess I would say that um, you know, just shop around. Um, do your homework. Do your research. And you know, a tip that I can offer today is when you're shopping around. Um, Ask about a warranty, what's included in the purchase price or rental fee, Um, ask about service maintenance, you know, if something isn't working or a battery needs to be replaced, is there an additional fee, Um, how do you get replacement batteries, you need to understand all of this before you sign up and purchase a PERS service. And um, there are plenty of other questions um, that I could go through to, you know, let people know to answer. But again, I would say, just I can't emphasize this enough: do your research, um, and you know, speak to these PERS providers. Ask them, you know, the necessary questions. Anything that comes to mind, um, and really just trust your your instincts. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I I speak to so many families and the first question I ask them is, does mom or dad have a PERS? Uh, No. And they've been thinking about it. They've been putting it aside. Listen, one call could prevent a fall. So definitely I cannot begin to stress how much helping yourself, a spouse, or an aging parent to avoid falls, or if they do fall having one of these devices, it goes a long, long way towards preventing preserving, sorry, health and independence. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Over the past month, we've discussed home healthcare, stair lifts, home modifications, and so much more. But how do you pay for all of this if the what if happens? My first piece of advice is, do not wait until it happens. Do your research, educate yourself integrate elder care into your financial planning or you're going to pay the price people plan for retirement to live how they want in their silver years but have you thought about including elder care in those plans most have not and when reality sets in people are shocked at the cost join me desiree king and zamal white who's a financial planner as we discuss the 411 on financial planning for the what ifs. That's gonna to be tomorrow, Sunday, November the 29th, 2020, as we begin to wrap up this month log series. And tomorrow's show will be the 411 on financial planning for the what ifs. I want to thank you again, Stephanie, for graciously agreeing to appear on this show. Thank you for joining us. You've been a wealth full of information. And- Thank you. I wanna re- remind everyone that all of these discussions can also be found on the YouTube channel, on the Senior Living 411 Incorporated YouTube channel, or on the Senior Living 411 podcast. And please remember to like this broadcast, share this broadcast, or subscribe to this broadcast, and follow the Senior Living 411 Incorporated Facebook page, and join the Senior Living 411 series private Facebook group. In this group, you will have access to anyone you see me having these conversations with. If they have any specials happening, you will have access to this in this private group only. So again, everyone have a wonderful night. Stay safe. And again, just do your research. You know, we're not doctors here. We're not, you know, we're not doctors. We're not healthcare professionals. We're here to give you the information to then take to the appropriate party so you can make the right decision. But as Stephanie says, it's not about which company you go with, do your research, do your homework.